0: Ain't you sick of giving me your money? Oh, it's... Oh,
1: oh. I know he didn't do it, baby. Whoa, 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 where Where you going? Now I'm about to go make these (laughs) trouble. Yes, welcome, welcome. Episode 10 of the Black Currency Podcast. I am Bradley DLO Thomas, marketing professional by day at a biotechnology company and an MC producer by
2: night. I'm going to pass the mic. Hey, what's good? It's your girl, Opal Alisa. I am a director of multicultural business strategy in the financial industry by day, by night, by passion, Uh, MC, poets, and uh, dipping my toe in the author lane, too.
3: Man. What's going on? It's Corey dashed up Whitmore. By day, I'm sending these emails on fire. By night, (laughs) Radio radio 22, Studio 22. I see (laughs) y'all.
2: You ain't ever lied about uh, <laughs> about the emails today, yeah, yeah. Just so everybody on here knows, Corey did wake up this morning, chose violence, um, and kicked off some really good conversation, uh, professionally and beautifully. But shot, shots were fired. Shots were fired. So there's <laughs> <right. laughs> a, little, a little, little inside piece there. Um, but yeah, so we have Tiffany here with us today. So welcome uh, to Black Currency, Tiffany. How are you this evening? Good. Thank you for having me. That's what's up. Yes. Love, loving having you. Um we go way back. So I I know you well and I have seen you rise and killing it and doing your thing. Um, uh, but I will read your bio so I do it justice. Um so Tiffany's a real estate consultant affordable housing advocate a change agent for racial justice in the real estate industry she's a loud voice for generational wealth and black families she works as a buyer and she works with buyer and seller clients in the greater madison area and she's a licensed real realtor at the alvarado real estate group she's also one of the co-creators for own it which is building black wealth and we will get to that A little bit later. Um, So Own It is an innovative local initiative that's changing the game when it comes to educating and creating access to funds for black and brown families to build wealth through real estate and home ownership. Um, If you can't tell already by what she's doing, Tiffany's deeply committed to diversity, inclusion, and the work within the real estate industry. Um, Being raised by a single black mother um, who overcame many obstacles, she's witnessed firsthand um, how she was treated and the the opportunities that she missed because of her race and gender. I can relate and can't wait to get you to talk about um, that stuff. So, Tiffany, just like your bio says, you are motivated for change, and we are so so incredibly happy um, to have you here. So. We always love to start with someone sharing their journey with us, talking about, you know, what it's been like for you, what the highlights, what the lowlights have been for you. So if you could just share with our listeners um, kind of your journey.
4: So uh, obviously, well, not obviously, but I've lived in Madison um, the majority of my middle school and adult life. We migrated here from the Chicago area, south side of Chicago. We moved to St. Louis for a short period of time, moved back to Chicago and then my mom thought it was a grand idea for me to have a better life here in um Madison, Wisconsin. So when we got here, I was I probably was like third grader. So when we got here, the first thing I noticed, because of course I lived in Chicago on the south side was there was no litter here. That was my this is my first <laughs> Madison. No litter.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I got out of the car, looked outside, and I was like. Like, whoa, well, it's clean here, you know. That, that's my first memory. Mm-hmm. But then, when we start, when I started school, I was shocked because I was the only black kid in school. So, mm-hmm. um, I started at Glendale Elementary School. We, we moved on what it was called Simpson. Then it's called mm-hmm. Lakeside now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then,
4: my mom thought it would be better if we moved either even further out, which was in Middleton. Mm-hmm. And. um <laughs> No more. Right? <laughs> it, it was a cultural shock. Yeah. Like
0: mm-hmm.
4: I was like the only black kid in my class for the majority of, of grade school. Of course there was probably like seven or other seven or eight other black kids there, but we were all, you know, scattered. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I didn't feel at home. Um I felt like an outcast. Of course, when I got here, you know, I I was a product of my surroundings, so I didn't speak proper English. I didn't, you know, I was made fun of because of the way I spoke. Um, it was just a culture shock. So later on in life, I assimilated because, you know, that was where I was at. What was I going to do? I can't say a positive thing that came out of that is I was always like two grades above the average person. So when we did move to Madison, I had already learned everything. Like I... Mm-hmm. I graduated um, a semester early because I had all my credits and I learned everything in Middleton. So that's a good thing for me, mm-hmm. but um, it was just crazy. So we had moved here from Chicago, from Chicago to Madison, from Madison to Middleton, from Middleton to the South side of Madison, where I was like, this is where I should have been. Like, why didn't you here mm-hmm. earlier? You know, like, this is all my <laughs> people <Our> are, <mama laughs> <did." laughs> Yeah, yeah. But um, so yeah, I finished up my last year at West High School, and which was more of a shock because then when I went to West High School, I didn't know anybody, you know. So I'm I'm going from like one place to another, not really knowing anybody. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I met a couple friends there, and um later went on to Upper Iowa University to, to go to college there. I didn't go away to college because my um senior year of high school, I had a baby. So my mom told me that you can leave the baby here and I'll raise the baby while you go away to school.
0: Hmm.
4: And I I just felt so bad. Like after Hmm. I had the baby, I was like, there's no way I can leave her and go. Hmm. But she was completely like, go, go away, do your thing. And when you get back, she'll be here. Like, that's the way my mom was. Hmm. And I just felt like that wasn't her responsibility to, to do that. But, um, so I stayed here and I went to MATC first for two years and then I finished up at upper Iowa and then I got a job, like what they say you're supposed to do when you get, get older, get you a job and stay there, <laughs> stay there for a long time. But during that time period, we weren't the average family because of, not of course, but because we were a very low income family. My mom, I, my mom was single. Um, the dad that I grew up with was my sister's father and he died when I was extremely young. And my mom worked two jobs my whole entire life. She had a middle school education. She was a seamstress for most of her life. And then when we moved here, she was a housekeeper. So she had a cleaning job during the day, cleaning apartment buildings. And at night she would go to her second job cleaning office buildings from
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, five to nine. And she did this every day from Monday through Friday. So mm-hmm. I only with my mom on Saturdays and Sundays. So it was up to me to get myself ready and go to school and to do whatever homework i need or anything of that nature she never held me at a standard to do it she just knew that i was going to do it and that's Mm. what i did and it's not like she could have helped me with my school work because she was not um educationally competent to help me with my schoolwork. all she knew was work like she was just a hard worker she just knew to go to work and pay her bills and that was it
2: So deep, thank you for sharing all of that with us. I'm like, I didn't even know half of that about you. You know what I mean, so thank you for sharing that yeah.
3: um, yeah. i I wanted to chime in and ask about and and it's crazy you you, you um tell thats you know that story is kind of what I'm exploring in a different podcast. I pick up the mic with with uh, African American juniors and seniors, and we discuss uh racial disparities in education and your story mirrors so many others here <laughs> it, you know yeah. it, it feels like I've, I've I've heard it multiple times so i, I will well, save that for a separate conversation but i I am curious about your life philosophy what is it that um, that you cling on to or hold on to that, that's something that helps you get through the ebb and flows of you know of life and in business in general do you have life philosophy that you that you kind of subscribe to.
4: My life philosophy is whatever you're seeking, it's seeking you too. Mm. So I always, mm. so I always like I research a lot. I I I'm I have like a public, uh, um, I have a coach now that's helping me with public speaking, and so like I've I've been putting like all of these dominoes up like each time, like writing things down or doing whatever I want want to do. But every time I think about something or write something down or I'm interested in something, God or the universe has a crazy way of placing the correct people in my life at at, at the time that I need it, like in in my Mm -hmm. path. So for instance, I moved brokerages approximately two years ago because the brokerage that I was at was not serving me. Mm -hmm. And um. To be quite honest, I was just mad because a lot of things were going on in regards to black people and the Black Lives Matter and us just not being treated fairly. And I worked for a big brokerage, and um, a lot of police brutality was going on. And I was sitting there, and everybody was making statements about what's going on, and we're in support of this, and blah 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 blah. And my brokerage, that is. A multi million dollar brokerage would not say not one thing.
0: Mm, well, I yeah.
4: Emailed um, the manager, the assistant manager. We had a conversation and they were like, you know, we're going to say something or something or, or another, but it wasn't fast enough. Like, right. lead the way in this. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah, right. That is working in here with only however many Black people in this office, but I don't feel like you're supporting me right now. And I felt Mm -hmm. bad. It's like Mm -hmm. George Floyd could have been my brother, my uncle, anybody, right? Right, right. exactly. You're not saying anything and it's upsetting me.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: So that just kept going on. And then I reached out to someone and asked her to go to happy hour. And that someone that I reached out to is the brokerage that I went to because they are an anti-racist brokerage. Love Mm -hmm. that. They have a big Black Lives Neon sign and Black Lives Matter sign in the um, window.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
4: -hmm. A lot of stuff in regards to minorities and helping and donating, and I didn't have to suppress my
0: blackness. Mm -hmm. Like they
4: understood. Like Mm -hmm. like, if I'm talking to you right now, like I'm not angry, but I'm passionate. But somebody that doesn't look like me might think that I'm angry, and I'm Mm -hmm. just sick of it. So um, Mm. just to go back to what I was saying, just whatever you're seeking is seeking you too, And that happens more times than not. So that's been my motto. And I've I've gone through that and I've gone by that. And it's been a long, like a long process to get me here. But um, that's my motto. That's what keeps me going. And it's been working for me.
2: Mm. Mm, I love it. Thank you. Love it too. Yeah.
1: Love. I absolutely love it. By the way, um, I'm taking notes. So listeners, y'all know y'all know we tell y'all to do this. Like our the people that come on here always drop jewels and knowledge outside of the financial things that we get to we get to talking about. So pay attention when you got somebody on here dropping jewels. So um I actually grew up in Madison too. I graduated from Madison West, so glad you were regent. Um, <laughs>
0: well, am
4: I really though? No.
1: no. <laughs> um, I really did. I I didn't know who you were until I read your article, and so I did some Facebook stalking on you. And I noticed that <laughs> you were in a cool picture with this this brother named Noel Barnes, and it looks like y'all had got a deal done. So from that point, I was like, yo, I can't believe like she's coming on the show. We get to talk to her because that's you know that's good people. Um, so I kind of wanted to, to go into um, I, I know you're a realtor or you, actually you're you're a consultant, so okay, what like wh- what's, a, so, what's what's your day like? So my
4: day is you? like um i go to the office every single day so i go to the office after i drop my daughter off at school and i work on my business in the morning from about 8 to 12 or 8 to twelve thirty, and i work in my business after that so in my business meaning that um I'm, I'm outside so either i'm meeting with people or showing people houses or anything of that nature when i'm working on my business i'm usually in the office consulting with um either buyers or sellers about either buying homes or investment properties or referring people to different lenders. Or lately, I would say this past year, I've been having a lot of people saying that we want to work with a black lender. We want to work with a black Mm -hmm. agent. We want to um, just have all, I've had one all black transaction, but my first one was last year. So we had a, I was was on the buyer side. Um, The lender was black. Mm. And the cup and the the buyers are black, and it was just crazy. Like I, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen here. I'm sure it happens other places, but yeah, it, was, yeah. Right,
0: yeah, it was crazy,
4: yeah. amazing. So that's what I'm doing most of the day. So I get up and I'm and I'm just I hit the floor running. I I work probably seven days a week, to be honest. Seven days. I've had some pretty long days lately because we're in the spring market. So I'm usually mm. working from like. 8 to Mm 8, and then Mm -hmm. after 8, my brain's probably still on, and I'm doing a lot of volunteer stuff too um, with people who aren't actually, they want to buy a house, but they're not actually there yet, so Mm -hmm. they need some guidance on how to get there, and I found out in this lovely market, a lot of people are ashamed or embarrassed because Mm -hmm. their financial outlook doesn't look like the next person, but I say all the time, like man, we, we've we all been through some crazy stuff. Like, mm-hmm. we all had yeah. no 100 credit score. All, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't yeah. be shame. like let people show you and so you can get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm.
2: That's beautiful. Um, I love that. Are y'all fans of Black Lady Sketch Show? When uh, you said the all black deal, I was like, uh, that's like that uh, black lady courtroom sketch where the judge is black, the lawyers are black, <laughs> the client's black. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I have to write that down now so I can dig into it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Check it out. You were wrong. Yeah, just Google like on YouTube, like Black Lady Sketch Show, Black Lady Courtroom. It, it'll come up. It'll come up. But uh so DLO, he um brought up your article. Congratulations on that, by the way. It was a beautiful article um in Madison 365. Um shout out to Henry Sanders and the crew over there. Um so I love that article and part of it was because like, you really touched on the diversity or lack thereof in the world of real estate. Um, so can you tell us about what the current state of diversity looks like, you know, within your field? And then like, what are your, cause you're obviously a change maker. What are your hopes and dreams for the future to look like?
4: So there in Madison in Dane County in Wisconsin, there are not many black agents. Um, in my previous office, I was probably one of maybe four. Currently, right now, there's I'm in a boutique brokerage, but there's two of us. Um, but there's not very many. And when there, when you do see other Black agents, you go up to the agents and you're like, "Hey, what's up? What's going on? Like, you know,
0: mm-hmm. yep.
4: what you doing? Like, you need some help, type stuff." Because it's like it's a doggy dog world out here. You know, it's a hundred percent commission based.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So. <laughs> if you like if you're just starting out and you get into real estate you're not going to make money right away people think that you just mm. walk in and you're making all this money no you are broke for at least at least 2 years mm. you are not mm. making any money mm. so for you to you have to have the mindset like i'm going to go into real estate and i'm going to sacrifice a lot Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have some type of funds set up so I can pay my bills. Real estate is not a part-time job. It is a full-time job. I tell Mm -hmm. people all the time, like, would you hire a realtor that's only... You can do it part-time, but Mm -hmm. would you hire a realtor that's Mm -hmm. only available from five to nine and a house pops up Mm -hmm. and you want to go see the house and they're not available and you lose Mm -hmm. the house? Like that's something that happens. So like you have to be be in the game, but it's 100% commission based and it's hard, like there, there, there aren't any leads, there's nobody handing you like saying hey let's co-list or anything of that nature, so I would say that if you are interested in real estate just know that you're going to have to sacrifice a lot, and you're going to have to work very very hard, like I I've, I've cried myself to sleep some nights because mm. I'm hundred percent commission based and all I have is my salary right here. Like when I started real estate, like I had um a daughter that was playing cl- club volleyball and it was fifteen hundred dollars a season.
2: Yeah. That's expensive. And, mm-hmm.
4: You know, like I can't like am I supposed to say no, you can't go play club volleyball because I made this decision to give you a better life to do this, but it's just not paying off right now. But hold on, mm-hmm. wait on me. Like, right. You know, like, right you know you gotta make things happen Mm -hmm. so in the one of my goals is it's like in the future I say this we have WRA it's called Wisconsin Realtors Association Mm -hmm. so there's a minority grant that they have that they help minorities with like the first year of their dues or something of that nature but I would say that if you are a black or brown person because It's harder for black or brown people to dig into real estate because number one not everybody wants to work with a black agent
0: Hmm.
4: some people Uh, don't think we're not some people are scared of us some people it no everybody doesn't want to work with a black agent and that's okay like it's your personal preference and i'm not offended by that because if you don't want to work with me somebody else will so Mm -hmm. that's completely fine with me it's your own personal preference but my goal is to have something offered that's that states that okay if you're gonna commit yourself to a year of real, to be a realtor or two years, we'll pay you like a stipend to get you by mm. because nobody can mm-hmm. work for free and basically that's what you're doing your first year or two is you're working for free. My first year mm. I had two transactions. My first transaction mm. was my daughter's grandparents.
0: Mm. Mm. Wow. My
4: mm-hmm. second transaction um, was somebody I met at an open house. Hmm. so how much did I make my first year like below poverty like I didn't I didn't Uh didn't have this chunk of money saved then Hmm. I would have been able to survive and pay like my standard bills and um when I knew that I was going to get into real estate I had quit my my comfy state job that everybody tells you to stay at until you're 57. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Get that pension.
4: Right. And so I quit that job, and um, my my dad, at the time, my dad, I met my biological dad later on in life, um, said, "You're crazy. Why would you leave mm-hmm. your state job? Mm-hmm. Like these people are paying you this amount of money." um, you're leaving your, your health insurance, you're leaving your pension, you're leaving, like, just hold on, just hold on. But something kept telling me, like, you'll, you'll eventually be okay. Even though I didn't know that I was going to be okay, but I was having like a a midlife crisis. I felt in my head, like I was going through divorce. My mom just died. I felt I didn't have any closure. Um, and I was just angry and sad. And I had all these feelings and emotions, but I knew that, like, I think after I came back from when my mom died, I looked around at the people around me at my state job, and I said, "I cannot, I can't sit here until I'm 57. Mm. Like this mm. is not this for me. Yeah. I,
0: yeah.
4: I know, like God is telling me, like, girl,
2: just mm-hmm. go, and you'll be fine." And I, I just went. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful, like that that leap of faith piece. I hear something along those lines so much from like every single person that has done something great that I admire when I hear them talk. And then that commonality of someone you love and trust who loves you, who says you're crazy. And you having to make that leap anyways, which is a lonely, lonely feeling. So uh, I commend you for that. And it can absolutely relate to that too.
3: Right. And and building off what you said about making that transition from from the state job that you said, I can't be here till, till I'm <laughs> 57 my question to you is um why real estate what was what what pulled you to that field in particular what's the attraction and with everything that you said like you know i go online and i see people say oh sold 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 so i just i was just assuming people was getting money <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> talk about it, talk
3: about it. Yeah. Uh, with what you had just told us about how hard it is to really get started in those first two years, why real estate? Why should somebody else choose real estate? And what keeps you there?
4: I've always been interested in real estate since I was young. Like, we would go down the south to my family's, I would spend my summers in Kentucky. My mom would send me with my aunt and uncle in Kentucky, and I would spend my summers mm-hmm. there. And my uncle in Kentucky had um, a lot of real estate, but I couldn't comprehend back then because I was so young, but we would go to like different houses and he'd say, I own this land over here. I own that over there. And then I'd come home and I'd be like, so why are we in this apartment then If uncle Joe owned this? Th-? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not,
0: I'm
4: not understanding. So then like, I would like pick up magazines and see for sale, like, things that were for sale or we'd drive Mm. by and see like for sale houses. And then I'd just be interested in it. And then um, as I surrounded myself around people that were investing their money in real estate and I Mm -hmm. hear conversations about how much Mm -hmm. money they're making and what they're doing, I got interested. So then I I started researching like, well, if I do this, I can do this. Or if I do this, I can do this. Because mind you, nobody in my family, they've never owned a home. Like Mm -hmm. nobody taught me anything about credit about home ownership, about leveraging um, the like the money that you have in your home, like none of that. So mm-hmm. either I surrounded myself around these people that knew this, or I did my research on my own. So when I did quit my state job, um, I was going through that, you know, little midlife crisis, but I was smart enough to know that I needed some type of income coming in. So I had took another leap of faith and didn't really know anything then still. Uh-huh. I bought a four unit building in Bloomington, Illinois mm-hmm. that was fifty-seven thousand dollars. I bought it with a friend and each unit rented out for um five hundred dollars.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. So
4: even though I didn't know the concept of what I was doing, right. I kinda knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because no like nobody taught me. So I knew that if I quit my job, then I'm not gonna have any income. So I won't have proof of income to buy something. So mm-hmm. I better do this before I quit my job, and then I'll have oh, okay. in. So it was kind of like I was on this path all along, but I, I just never knew I was on this path. And I wanted to be able to come and go as I please. I wanted to be able to drop my daughter, my kids off at school, to pick them up from school, to volunteer at my kid's school if I wanted to. And mm-hmm. I didn't
0: wanna,
4: I didn't want to be stagnant in my income. I wanted to be able to work so hard that my income showed for it. And when I was at the state of Wisconsin, I would, I could process those claims mm-hmm. with my eyes closed, but I'm still going to make the same amount of money at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if I nice. process five, right. if, I, if I process mm-hmm. 30, like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. but it matters if I um, produce 5 million in sales or 20 million in sales, mm-hmm. that's something that I'm doing. I have control over that. Right. So I wanted to be able to have control over my income and then pave the way for my kids so that they wouldn't have to worry if something happened to me or um, to leave them something and then to leave my grandchildren something. I wanted generational wealth for everybody Mm -hmm. behind me. Like I wanted to break the generational curse and not my kids being brought up on food stamps and medical assistance and low-income housing and anything Mm -hmm. of that nature. Not saying there's anything wrong with it because I lived in low-income housing. I've had food stamps. I'm saying that I don't want my kids I wanted to pave the way so that my kids would have something different. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's
4: how the whole real estate started. But I think that I've always been on the path, but I just was so focused on what everybody told me that I should do or what everybody around me was doing. Like I didn't have the proper circle to think outside of the box.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's an amazing story. It's an amazing way to, to look at things and just kind of put things together the way that the way that you did. Um one of the questions just coming to my mind, um, so did did you use like a program or was there like a, a method of how you kind of saved up your money before you um decided to do the transition into real estate did you use any any programs did you use the, was there any advice that you got from anyone to just kind of stack that money up because you already knew you was, it's almost like you knew you were going to do real estate 2 years before you did it right the way the way that you're you're, you're talking about it so i'm just kind of curious about like how you did, how you did that
4: i think that it was i didn't use any type of program but i just started probably in my Late twenties, early thirties. I started saving more money than what I had. Like you know, before when you're younger, like you get the new Air Max that come out. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then I started saying like, I'm paying hundred fifty dollars for those Air Max. I'll just you know put it in the bank or whatever. Or mm-hmm. my um my dad started saying something like saying stuff like, Hey, do you have these type of insurance policies for the kids? Like you need to purchase these because they're young and you can get um, cash back and dividends if you purchase this. And then I started like writing things down on paper, like, okay, then if I could go to Outback and spend $50, I guess I could get this insurance policy. So I just started being a little bit more frugal, but not as frugal. Like I still bought everything I wanted to buy, but within my means. So I started living below my means. And it just started working out for me and then when i started this is another one when i started you know how you used to get those big tax refunds like back in the day
0: yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
4: putting the whole thing in the bank at, instead of tricking it off like i used yeah. to
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah i like me some outback too um, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like i like they stamming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one thing, uh, one thing I forgot to ask you about that you know, was on my mind was um, right now the market is crazy. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing like houses being sold in like three or four days. Like matter of fact, I just had my house sell it sold in like four days. I so, saw that.
4: Congratulations.
1: Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm trying to figure out like, is it better to be? I mean, f- first of all, I'm sure you got a lot more business in this type of market but is this the right type of market to really be buying a house in right now um or do you think it's better to maybe even build something or just kind of stay put like what what's what's your advice from from,
4: from i would say it depends on what what your needs are
0: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm.
4: i know a lot of people say hey maybe we're going to wait let's wait and do this or do that but if you wait what what are the interest rates going to be if you if you wait like, can you afford a house right. at 2% interest, 12%, 14%, 9% or right now where they're a little bit above four, like mm-hmm. that's better than nine, 10 or 12. And then because supply and demand is so crazy right now. So right now there's not a lot of supply and a lot of demand. It's a seller's market. And yes, houses are going 10, 20, $30,000 over asking price. So if you think about it, are you going to stay in your house t- to get that money back? So if you want to buy mm-hmm. a house and move out in, in two years, like, is it really worth it for you to buy a house? But if you're going to buy a house and sit in it for five, seven, ten years, mm-hmm. that's fine. But we're, we're strong in Dane County. We're, we're steady going up here. Like, I don't yeah. worry about Dane County and crashes, and I'm going to wait until there's 20 million foreclosures because there won't be. Um, so I would say if you are in the position to buy right now, that you should buy. If there isn't enough inventory and you're and you've written 12, 13, 14 offers on a house and you still haven't gotten a house and you really want a house, build a house or buy Mm -hmm. a spec home or buy a turnkey home, which means that a house that's already built and it's just going to be in the market, just going to hit the market. Like um, who has these? Viridian has these turnkey homes. They're brand new, but you just can't go in and make your customized um, Mm -hmm. changes because they're already built. So I would say build, it's a set price. You're not gonna pay twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars over asking price because mm-hmm. it's just a listed price unless you're competing with somebody else, but um a lot of the time you're not. So I am an advocate of if you are in a position to buy right now to buy because these rent prices right now are insane. Uh, insane.
2: Yes. Yeah, yes, they're insane. Yes.
4: But oh, if you don't want the responsibility of a the house, then you know you can keep renting, that's fine. buy your income property though Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely that's a that's a good tip like how did you did you have any fear right because like i think that when you're even when you're telling your story i'm like that that's so bold that's so courageous did you have any fear especially when buying that fourplex especially that it was in Mm -hmm. another state you can't lay eyes on it every day how did you how did that feel for you
4: yes i had a lot of fear i had I've always been a risk taker. I've always, just, um, I'm just like, I always say I'm favored. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I say I'm favored because I just have the mindset that it's going to work out. And if it doesn't work out, I learn from it. And then I'm not going to do that again.
0: Mm-hmm. So
4: my my friend who I bought the four unit with lived out of state and we both put in half on this property. And this property coasted me for a long time. And then, with the thing, what I learned from this transaction, when you say fear, this is why you should have all your eggs in a row, because this is what I learned
0: Mm.
4: is that I bought this property with her. And maybe like two or three years into buying the property, she had a, a medical problem that was uncontrollable, to make a long story short. And I was trying to get out. I was trying to either have her buy me out or me buy her out. Mm. And then she disappeared.
1: Mm. What? Oh wow! Mm. Damn. Like just what you mean? Like like disappeared? Like, like just
4: went off the grid? Like I didn't. I I couldn't. I couldn't contact her. Mm. I couldn't. Damn. Return my calls. She had twenty million phone numbers. And oh, then it wow. was nothing. I was in contact with her mom, and her mom was like, "Yeah, you know." whatever Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. so then i had to hire an attorney for an attorney to help me
0: Hmm. right sure
4: Mm -hmm. to help me either get me out of this property or let me buy her out but Mm -hmm. it's like we're married we're in this property together right Mm
0: -hmm.
4: so that was a learning moment for me because i mean it it worked out because now the property is 100 percent in my name and i'm in control of the property but Mm -hmm. that was a real stressful time for me because somebody that i had trust and I was in this partnership with, was like not stable to make to make decisions on her behalf. And that was just stressful. And I, and like for a few months, I was kicking myself in the butt. Like, what the, like, why didn't you just, like, what to do? So now yeah. people say like partnership and stuff in real estate. I'm like, uh-uh, uh uh-uh, no, I'm straight. <laughs> 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 Like, yeah, but that was a a learning moment for, for me. So but yeah, sca- scared, yes, yeah. scared is very scared because it's a big decision because if something doesn't go work out, you can be bankrupt in a in a heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. I, I love that though because you're Like that feels like almost the worst thing that could happen when you go into partnership with someone and it's not a situation like you have, you were betting on that, right? You were betting on that for your income and you, it still turned out favorable, right? So you were not lying when you said that you are favored um, and you have that positive attitude. So I love that that um, has turned out good for you. I know one question I really wanted to ask you is, you know, um, I, as you know, I work in corporate America. I'm a black woman in corporate America. That comes with hella challenges, um, because that's, that institution was not built for me. Um, But I also have so many insights, perspectives that I can use to my advantage that make me um, a valuable um, asset when it comes to um, what I can do professionally. So how does that play out for you um, in real estate? You talked a little bit about the lack of diversity. So are there certain challenges that come up? And then are there places where, like, you have an advantage because of your perspective, because of the things that you've been through and experience that you bring?
4: There is what. Comes to mind to me is that there's a lot of challenges in regards to. I have clients and they'll talk about neighborhoods or schools. Mm. Like, is that uh, a good school? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: What is the crime over here? Like, is it safe over here? Lord, yeah. And you know, like 85% of the time, I say, I'm from Chicago. This is safe. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. Well we oh, yeah. are awesome, nothing's gonna happen to you type thing, but you get though you get those type of questions and uh-huh. it brings me back to like why do I have to know and research about your culture and mm-hmm. schools and um things of that nature, but you are unsettled if you see more black and brown people around you. Like is, is that really is that really fair? it, it it's not fair, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes you have to come up with different answers for different situations. Or sometimes I'm just blatantly I say, you know, you, you gotta research that on your own. Here's the website to this, 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 and this. And you can call the police station if you want to know this. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's yeah, just yeah. it's just like that. I mean but another thing is that I, I'm real grateful for people that don't look like me that will ask me questions about things like, um, well, that person has a Black Lives Matter sign in their yard and we heard this about Black Lives Matter. Can you mm-hmm. tell me about this? And then we can converse and have a real conversation mm-hmm. and I can tell what I feel and mm-hmm. facts and point you in the right direction. And then I can give you an insight because you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then when something bothers me, I feel confident enough to stand up and say, well, I'm a black woman living in a white man's world right now. And I can tell you that this happened and this happened. So let's talk about it. Or I feel like that was disrespectful or I hear what you say, but I'm not exactly feeling it.
0: Mm.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm. Is it too early for, for word on the street? (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, nah, nah. the word on the, the, the street is my favorite part. So uh, whatever's the, <laughs> <was>, happening <there> <laughs> around in that brain of yours, Corey, I said, well,
0: <laughs> well, I, you know.
3: So, and, and and maybe you can answer this, but I know, uh, I I want to say it wasn't necessarily word on the street. It was it was something that was online about, um, a uh, black homes being appraised, meaning that black families mm-hmm. in within uh, certain homes, when some people would go on and appraise it. Would be praised it may be two identical homes but if a black family lived there it would be appraised at a lower um dollar amount versus a white family so you know we 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 try to put these things out here see what's true and what's what's not but i wanted to put that one out there for you
4: um i can say that that has happened to people Mm. and um the real estate industry is very whitewashed and my goal is to change the narrative and, and and some of that and um have it diversified. That that would be my goal. That would be my dream. But that has happened. So, um, how we kind of eliminate some of that is. This sounds crazy to even say.
3: We're gonna take the pictures <laughs> down.
0: Hang <laughs> <laughs> up pictures of somebody else. It really-
4: <laughs> Depersonalize de- your house.
0: Oh,
4: wow. Yep. So. Let's say mm-hmm. you, you sell That's your house you sell mm-hmm. your house and you get accept an accepted offer in a house. So what happens is the bank will send will send out an appraiser to appraise the house to make sure it appraises out for the, the offer that you got. Right. So um we say or we say even before you you put your house in the market to depersonalize it. So mm-hmm. um all of the art on the mm-hmm. wall, and stuff, we say to take it down so it looks more clean.
0: Hmm.
4: Um, but you know that that what you're saying is true. It, it happens, it has happened, and it probably will continue to happen until people stand up and say something. We we need Black appraisers.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, that's a gem right
2: there. Yes. I, hashtag. I'm, I'm, never,
4: hashtag. I, I'm almost positive there are no Black appraisers here in Madison. <sighs> I have yet to meet a Black inspector. I met my first... Woman inspector last year. I have not met a black inspector, no. appraiser. Um, I have a couple black lenders on deck, but we need more people of color appraising, mm. inspecting. I mean, thanks, that's the only way you're gonna change stuff,
0: right? right. True. right. True. Mm-hmm.
1: true, true, true. How if do you ever, do we... oh, I'm if sorry, you oh. ever, I'm just gonna give you a, a little plug too. My dad is actually an appraiser. Is he? He's hmm. one of two in the state of Wisconsin. Is um, he in Madison? Yeah, he's he's in Madison and he, he does um he doesn't do he does residential, but he does like agricultural stuff. So like mm. farmland mm. and like bigger bigger pro, uh, projects. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. Like he's the only him and it was another guy out in with uh
0: Milwaukee. Wabatosa. Oh
1: maybe he's in Wauwatosa now. I I don't know. Wow, but yeah, that's
2: that's, that's real. crazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Isn't that crazy to think, right? Mm-hmm. I can't wait till I meet your dad, man. I'm gonna be like, let's take a picture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. For sure. DLO, you have a have a follow-up? Oh, um, let me see here. Yeah, I did I did have some ideas here. Um, so what's i guess have you been have you been working a lot in the commercial space too because you said you own some you own one property i'm, I'm sure you probably have getting more since the time you bought your first one but how is the, how is that market looking looking so far
4: actually i just closed on another one last month so you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dipping in the milwaukee nice. area now
1: okay. Nice.
0: okay
4: but um i've done a couple commercial deals I have a lot of friends that are interested in investing. So it it depends on which way they go in regards to commercial. I'm mostly residential, but to dip into commercial, you have to make sure that that makes sense, right? Because now everybody's working. Mm -hmm. everything of that nature so you have to have something in that commercial space that's going to continuously ge- generate income and whatever that business might be maybe i don't know maybe a barbershop shop or a nail mm-hmm. shop or
0: mm-hmm. i
4: don't even know because clothing stores we all order everything online now too so mm-hmm. um but you know commercial to tab bit different it takes a little bit longer but it's it's just as profitable as residential
1: mm. cool
2: cool nice nice so We love to bring folks on here like you that are experts in their field, um, successful professionals. um, But the other key component we love is that they have some element of get back. Right. And you've already talked about a lot of the ways and the reason that you went into this, too, is so you could have some of that time to get back. So um, can you talk a little bit about the Building Black Wealth Initiative and how that works? Um, If there's a way folks can get involved and just kind of tell us what you're doing with that.
4: Sure. So I'm the co-creator of Own It, Building Black Wealth. It's a pilot program partner with One City Schools. Um, Clean Care is the CEO and founder of One City Schools.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, shout out to him.
4: Opening up his prep academy. So that's awesome. 19th, mm-hmm. 11th grade, I think right now. Um, all the little kids wear uniforms. It is so cute. But um, so, yeah, so we've been noticing or my group and I, we know that um, only 15% of black households own their own homes in Madison.
0: Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a big disparity. And part of the reason is that, I mean, black people don't make as much as the average white person here. Mm -hmm. I I think that's nationwide. Mm -hmm. So We wanted to change the narrative and that changing the narrative is getting people into homes because that's where generational wealth is, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand not not everybody is meant to be a homeowner. That I mean, that's just facts. Not everybody's meant to be a homeowner. I've had a couple clients that have sold their homes because they knew that the house stuff was too much for them. Like it's like wh- where does the filter go? And what was wrong right with the roof? <laughs> like, no, I need to get back um over there and mm-hmm. pay my rent and not deal with that type thing. So everybody's not meant to be a homeowner, but Studies show that if you own a home, generationally, you'll have more money and you can mm-hmm. to pass that down. So um, we were sitting around probably two and a half years ago thinking about where we can um, donate money to for black home ownership. Like where can we donate money for black home ownership that um, you can also get educated as well in regards to how to use your home to leverage other assets. And uh, race-based funding is illegal because of the Fair Housing Act. Mm. So that's why we are partnered with One City Schools, because um, 85% of the school is minority. Mm. So it's a, two, it's a two-part program designed to address and work towards um, eliminating substantial barriers to wealth and home ownership for Black and brown people in, in the Madison area, or, you know, the staff and alumni of One City Schools, along with the parents. So the program offers like a two-part component. So the first component is the the education part, Mm -hmm. and the second component is the home ownership part. So you go go through two series of educational classes in regards to home ownership and education, and there's a historical context in regards to that as well on how we got here. Um, So, Mm -hmm. of course, we're in stolen land. Black people were not able to own homes for hundreds of years. Yep, yep. Um, you go off to the war and you come back and there's the GI Bill, but you can't mm-hmm. use it because you're black. Yep. You right. Racially restricted covenants. And you can't live here or here or here because you're black, because you're Jewish, because you're Italian. Mm-hmm.
0: It,
4: it's just so many, it, it's been so many barriers for black people to actually own. And that's why we are so far behind. I read something the other day that said that in order for black people to catch up, um to the average white person i think home ownership would have to triple every year for the next 20 years
2: dang
4: Woo. just mm-hmm. like to th- mm. think about that right yeah
0: triple every wow.
4: dang right that's exponential
0: yeah. that's crazy
1: like three 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 that's
4: so um we're partnering with one city to create this program for the staff the parents the alumni um mm-hmm. of one city schools and after you're done with the the education portion and the homeownership portion you get a fifteen thousand dollar grant no strings attached as for mm. closing
2: nice wow. and,
4: and the only restriction is, is that you can't you can't have been a homeowner within the past three years mm. so yeah. that means you'd be a, a first-time home buyer again
0: right yeah.
4: okay so um we've awarded seven people well mm. We've awarded them with the funds, but they have to find a house. If you don't find the house, you don't get the funds. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You
4: know, an and um, I, just got an, I just got an accepted offer for, for one of the participants in the program, so I'm super happy about that. So um, we also teach these parents and staff and alumni how you can leverage the money inside of your home. So let's say you move into this house. You can either move into a one-unit or two-unit. You move into this house, and then five years later, you're like, "Well, I have all this equity in there. I want to do something with it." And in the, the class that in the class that you take, the the two classes or the two parts of the class you take, mm-hmm. you're taught that hey, you can pull some of that equity out of your house and buy you an income property or another house,
0: mm-hmm. or you
4: can refinance and do something do something else with that, or Maybe you buy a duplex and you rent out the right side and you stay in the left side and then use the right. money from the right side to pay your mortgage and then your paycheck that you're getting every two weeks you put half of it in the bank and you just keep on rolling, 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 or you take the equity out of your house, buy you another property, and you just keep on going every so often. So it's te- we're teaching you how you can use the money that you have in your home to generate additional wealth mm-hmm. maybe you don't maybe you don't want to do that maybe you're just in the program to learn about his the history of home ownership of right. all people mm-hmm. like what happened why are we here um what is blockbusting what is redlining mm-hmm. what is um why is an fha loan like we we couldn't even get that fha loans for a while right or Why is there PMI with an FHA loan? Can you teach me that in regards to conventional financing? So all this is taught, this educational series, and um, we're just trying to change the narrative and pave the way for future people that look like us. And I have to say this, that um, obviously there are some white people that are at one city, so we don't discriminate if you do apply for the Mm -hmm. but we are intentional with the history behind it so maybe once you see what happened Mm. what occurred you might
2: not want it anymore but if you do fine yeah Yeah. that's that's so dope like that is amazing that is so holistic so thorough so thoughtful and just so needed i'm excited to hear like what does that look like in five years ten years like how have you changed the landscape of Madison um, for home ownership and just education and knowledge. Because, like, as a parent, I know if I went through that, my daughter's going to know. Right. We're going to be talking about it. She's going to be understanding it. I'm going to be sharing it. So uh, the ripples from that are just going to be amazing. So kudos to um, you and um, the rest of the group for doing that. That's amazing.
3: Yeah, that's that's that program sounds beyond. It sounds Mm -hmm. incredible. I mean, it sounds like you guys are, are checking all the boxes and covering everything. Um uh, speaking with one city, I, I had two questions um, from from listening to to the program. The first question is, what do you believe uh, beyond the history, what do you believe has been the biggest, I guess, barrier for black folks when it comes to home ownership? Has it been the educational component? Has it been more of the finances component, meaning, you know, how much money I have down or or credit or anything of that sort. What do you think has been kind of the biggest barrier to to have to overcome to really start to either get into home ownership or even really investment when you're investing in real estate? What do you think that's been?
4: I would say there the, the first barrier is the money.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So mm-hmm. I don't want to say the average, but a lot of families when they have children or other family members or anything of that nature let's mm-hmm. say you want to get a house the 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 parents will say oh okay then here's twenty thousand here's thirty thousand here's forty thousand dollars um when i was in my early 20s and i wanted to get a house um
0: okay no 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 you
1: know, so- <laughs> yeah.
4: I, I think it's the money. It's a down payment. Mm-hmm. It's one hundred percent the money. Number two is is that it's you don't know what you don't know. Like I said before, right. so you go you go in. You say okay, then I'm going to go apply to apply to get a loan. I got right. five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, something of that nature. It's some programs out here. Like there's the Weeda program. There's down payment assistance through the city of Madison and the county of Madison that you can get. There there are restrictions like. There's restrictions along with those programs, but they're out there, right? Mm-hmm. So if, let's say I walk into a bank and I say, okay, let me fill out the application. Let me get this. And Cindy across the desk say, okay, thanks, Tiffany. Um, I've seen this and i seen this. looks like your credit score is 600. Um, you owe for a pass, do whatever, blah, 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 blah. So you're denied. I take that piece of paper and I go out and I say, oh, that's it. Right. And I go yep. for five years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. instead of Susie yeah. saying okay tiffany you're almost at a 640 credit score 660 credit score how about you pay off this this and this this will boost your your score up to this and then mm-hmm. we wait for six months and you come back and then we'll get you into a home
0: mm-hmm.
4: right it's mm-hmm. the education behind it so yeah. if somebody doesn't tell you these steps and takes you by the hand or explains to you then it's mm-hmm. not going to be done because number one you feel you feel some type of way going in there because you're right. like dang, I don't know what's going to happen. And then yep. number two, when it happens, mm-hmm. you're like, dang, I shouldn't even went in there. I knew this wasn't going so to happen. Instead of somebody uplifting you and explaining right. to you how the home buying process works and then trying to trying to help you get to that process. Right. Well, if we had like a, a partnership or a mentor mentorship or something of that nature mm-hmm. to get people there, that would be yep. like ideal. And then if we were just completely honest with people and say... Hey, a conventional, a conventional loan is usually your best route, right. Going the conventional way. You don't always have to put down 20%. You can put mm-hmm. down less than that, but mm-hmm. you're going to have PMI. How yeah. about after two years or three years or four years or five years, you refinance. So then mm-hmm. you don't have to have that PMI, right? You have more money. You have more money saved up, anything of that nature. But nobody tells you this. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have understood. Like if somebody told me this. 10, 15 years ago, I'd be like, oh, okay, what what?" what, what are you talking right.
0: about? Mm-hmm. But like,
4: if you just like sit the person down and explain more, more times than not, you write it on paper, show them a video right. something, they'll get it. And mm-hmm. I think there'll be an uptick in home ownership. But mm-hmm. when you feel ashamed and bad and embarrassed because your credit looks like this, your credit score is not high enough, then that's probably not gonna happen again.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. That's that.
3: Angst is real going into the bank. Didn't they just pick up, uh, what, Ryan Coogler and thought he was a bank robber? Yeah, I just seen that video. That was crazy. <laughs> director yeah, yeah. director mm-hmm. of Black Panther, but he's a bank mm-hmm. robber. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the
3: second, <laughs> But the second part of that question, <laughs> had to put that out there when he, when he said oh, no. that. Um, how do we get more people, um, get more black folks like yourself involved in real estate in all of those different facets, like you said, appraiser and, and, and different levels. How how do we work to to get us more involved that can have more people, so we can have more access to more folks like yourself that can break it down for us and really take us through the process, even if we're not ready the first time we're, we're, we're looking for a property, but we may be ready later. How do we get more more people involved?
4: I think number one, just to go into the high schools and not just I mean, it's I I went to college. My daughter went to college. I want Mm -hmm. my middle schooler to go to college. But if you go, if you don't go to college, you can get a trade. Let's push trades like Mm -hmm. if I would have graduated and got my real estate license. I wouldn't have student loans right now. Mm -hmm. I I took a week class and I took a test and now I'm a a realtor. Mm -hmm. Why why can't somebody else do that? Right. Right. if we get more people, like, and then if you go in these high schools right now, these kids are like, I ain't going to school. I'm about to be a YouTube star. Like, how about you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until you become a YouTube star, and you don't right, really right. go to college type thing. Right, right. So I think we need to push, like, push non-traditional careers. Like, you don't always have to go to that four-year institution and right. then go get your master's and then go get your doctorate. But if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But if you don't want to be in debt and you want to do something that Will potentially make you a lot of money. Let's push being agents. Let's have partnerships with banks and say, Hmm. um, I mean, I I like to see tellers that look brown and black. Mm
0: -hmm. How about let's
4: have a partnership with a bank and say, hey, let's take some high school students, they can intern here. Maybe one day you might be a lender or something of that nature. Like, like you don't need a college education to be a lender. My good friend has been in the banking business since she was 16 years old and she's 40 now and she's a lender and she's never Hmm. been. Didn't graduate college, so like there's different routes, but right. you just have to be like, intentional and passionate. Like we want diversity, we want right. other mm-hmm. people to help us, and if you're not passionate about that, or it's just not going to happen. So I, I try to push people and give them different options and explain to them all the time. But I'm only one person; we need
2: a village.
0: Right. Yeah. True. True. Mm. True. Mm. I love thank
2: that.
1: Thank you. Thank That's you. We need a village. That's real.
2: Yeah, Jim's right there, because I'm like, especially when you talk about like that experience, that example you gave us, right, of same same credit score coming within. And it's just the way that someone gives you the information back, right? And that lack of empathy, that lack of wanting to take another step for you, um, that is often, that's how black and brown folks are treated. We just don't get that benefit of the doubt. We don't get that person across if they don't look like us. They're not rooting for us. And like, I think we forget like how much power, like at the end of the day, all these big decisions, like it's a person at the end of the day, right? It can be one person um, that can make or break it. So um, I love that you are one of those people who is helping to work for the better. And as you say, make this a village of folks that is doing that so you you don't feel so ashamed because that theme comes up on our show all the time um and it's come up in our own lives and we've shared and talked about that um but just how shame and thinking that it makes you back away and you shy away from that can keep you from so many opportunities um to build wealth for yourself and children so um i love that you shared that example because that's all too common all too common for sure
1: absolutely so are there any um are there any kind of uh, real estate related books or just lifestyle books that you kind of into right now that that keeps you keeps you motivated, keeps you on your toes, um, just helps you strive for more things right now?
4: I just read The Color of Law about the second time by mm-hmm. um, Richard Roth. Have you guys read that?
1: Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. I already. haven't read it,
4: but I've heard of
2: it. Yeah. If
4: you don't got time to read, it, at least listen to it on Audible. Like, whoo child? It is. <laughs> it, it's an. Yeah. So I just read that for the second time. Um, The Whiteness of Wealth by Dorothy Brown mm. and um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. That
1: that's that's uh, a great one. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great one as well. And um the Bible King James Version. Mm. Great
2: mm. <laughs> Let them now, know. read that.
0: Let them know.
2: <laughs> front of the back, couple times, okay, like uh God always comes on the show, by the way, too. Like right yeah
4: for sure i always tell people like you don't have to be religious but like there is something in there that you can resonate with and you're like oh okay Mm -hmm. yeah Mm
0: -hmm. always
4: yeah for sure but Mm -hmm. yeah you guys should definitely read the color of law it is it's crazy it's amazing it's stuff that's happened in our backyard um chicago Mm -hmm. down south a lot of our ancestors i mean all the way up until the mid fifties and sixties. I mean, it is
2: intense.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Especially if somebody says like my second time reading it, because those books that I read over and over again, yeah. key, key for life. Right. So yeah, I'm definitely going. Yeah, check
4: I, I read it um, the first time last year, and then I just finished it on Audible um, th- well, two weeks ago. But I mean, I learned I learned something both times. It was really good, and it just made me. It makes me, each time I read it, it, like, gives me more of, like, it gives me more energy, like, more determination to go out and do something else or to go out and tell somebody something else because we're just so behind in time. And I just, I just want, to be honest, I just want a melting pot here. I want to Mm -hmm. walk outside and look like California. Yes. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah. That would be nice. Minus
4: Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I, I think we got to put together a, a black currency podcast book list.
0: Yeah, we do. <laughs> so. okay, true, right?
3: we, we do. All these incredible recommendations we, we get every episode. Man, we got to mm-hmm. put together a book list. We got to make that happen. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm on it, man. I'm on it. Right. <laughs> Well, uh, Tiffany, we appreciate everything, all the jewels that you dropped, all the knowledge that you dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we're so appreciative that you're able to take the time to to fit us in. I know you got a lot going on and it, we got a speaking engagement coming up um, and prep for that. So we're, we're so thankful to have you as part of this uh, episode nine on this podcast. Um, do you mind if, if we put up for the folks where they may be able to get in touch and, and reach out to you?
4: Sure. Um, you can reach me via email. That's in the box malonetiffany1 at gmail.com. I am on Twitter as well. Don't come at me if you see something that you don't agree
2: with.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm a little unchained on Twitter, too. So that's a good place. <laughs> right. Keep on
4: going. Um, Facebook as well, t- uh, Tiffany at the Alvarado Group, that is my professional page there. If you want, if you have any real estate questions, comments, concerns, if you need to be referred to a Black lender or a, a good lender, um, or if you have questions about Own It, Building Black Wealth as well.
3: Wonderful, wonderful. Cool. All right. Well, everyone that is tuned in, we appreciate everybody tuning in for another episode of Black Currency Podcast. You know, you know you've got, you got you're gonna have to review this back. You already know. Even if you took notes, you still need to review it. So make sure to check us out. You can uh reach all the episodes through our link tree slash black currency podcast. You know you can find us on IG at Black Currency Podcast. And you'll always be able to check out our videos on YouTube.com slash radio twenty-two. Um from us to y'all, once again, thank you so much, Tiffany, for joining us. And for all our listeners, much love. Man, we'll see you on the next episode. Stay tuned. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Peace,
2: yeah. peace. Peace.
1: Ain't you sick of giving me your money? Oh, it's... Oh, oh. I know he yeah. didn't do it, baby. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Where you going? No, I'm about to go make these trouble.